From activism to entertainment, health to nightlife, profiles and courage to travel, and so much more. This is the Jeff Hawker Show, LGBTQ news and lifestyle conversation for the Coachella Valley region. Here's Jeff Hawker. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you back. We've got another terrific show today on the Jeff Hawker Show. And uh, thank you, John McMullen, for running our board. He's always fantastic. The Palm Springs Gay Men's Chorus is partnering with Boucher Gourmet Food and Wine Festival. They're doing a spring fundraiser coming up. That'll be Friday, February 26th at 5.30. And it's one of those events, you know, everybody's trying to do everything virtual, and they're kind of easing back into doing some in-person. So it's going to be a combination virtual and in-person experience at Boucher Food and Wine. That's at 611 South Palm Canyon, Palm Springs in the Sun Center. And uh, these wines that they're going to be tasting are amazing. It's from the Brown Family Vineyard. And it's Columbia Valley and uh, Willamette Valley, which kind of borders along both Oregon and Washington. But they're highly rated wine spectrum spectator magazine varietals uh the chardonnay the rosé a pinot noir cab sauv and of course a red bordeaux blend so if you want to get tickets all you have to do it's only forty dollars go to psgmc.com and right at the top of the website there's a button click on wine tasting and you are good to go We've got another terrific show today in the first half hour. We've got Reverend Dr. Kevin A. Johnson. He's with Bloom in the Desert Ministries. And then in the second half an hour, we've got President of the Palm Springs Pride Organization, Ron DeHart. And he's also the chair of the Human Rights Commission. So let's get to it. Our first guest, Reverend Dr. Kevin A. Johnson, he's with Bloom in the Desert Ministries, and he gives a lot of really great spiritual guidance to a lot of people here in the Coachella Valley. Welcome to the show today. Well, it's great to be here, Jeff. Thanks very much for inviting me. Now, you've got an event coming up. It's called Blooming Together. It's part of your spring fling event that you have been doing for the last 12 years. But before we get to that... Let's talk a little bit about how you got to this point and starting a ministry like this. You're, you're, you and your husband are openly gay. It's, it's a congregation that's open to, you know, everybody. How did you get to this point where you wanted to start something like this? Well, the situation was I grew up as uh, a, a kid going to church and, and doing uh, youth group and all those kinds of things. And when I was in college, I felt called to ministry and went to seminary and, um, you know, graduated and uh, was uh, a Methodist minister in southeastern Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, and then, you know, I made friends with myself as a gay person, and that did not mix well with the church at that time back in 1980. And so I got, to be honest, fired and um, uh Moved down to Chicago to start my life over, spent 20 years in business. And Mike and I were beginning our relationship together, been together for like a couple of years. And one day he looked over at me as we were actually, as we were making the bed on a Saturday morning, he looked over at me and said, you know, you really ought to go back to being a pastor. That's what you really are. Because I've been being in business for 
20 years in the communications and, and uh, financial industries. And so it that kind of began a process, and I sensed a vision of being in the desert hugging people, and Palm Springs was the only desert I knew. So the two of us quit our jobs and sold everything and moved out to Palm Springs to start a ministry in July of 2002. And um, about a year later, or, well, yeah, and we started Bloom, Bloom in the Desert Ministries. And uh, the following March, we started Sunday morning worship. We were outside at the Palapas Art Garden and Nursery for um, about 16 months. Um, that was really cold in the winter and really hot in the summer. Um, yeah. But when Palapas got sold for development, we moved over to where we are now, and we've been doing Sunday morning worship. So actually, uh, we started this uh, fundraiser annually as a celebration at the time of our, uh, you know, as as a spring celebration of, of starting Sunday morning worship in 2003. And uh, we started, um, we were into it for a while and uh, when we started these. So that's why, you know, the numbers don't exactly match up. But uh, that's, yeah. that's how it got started. We, well, your ministry's over at Demuth Park, the recreation center there, and you've really done a great job of transforming it into a really wonderful space. Well, on Sunday morning, when we are able to be there, because right now we're online, right, and our, our, our worship is, uh, you know, we are broadcasting, <clears throat> cable ca- broadcasting via uh, Zoom and Facebook Live from our office, uh, and and uh, doing I think a really good job on Sunday mornings um, at at the Facebook page uh, Bloom in the Desert Ministries UCC, but we're over at the Demuth Center when we'll be able to get back in there, we basically have their six hours there and the whole thing comes out of a storage area and the whole thing goes back in, and uh, you know we create the worship space. People can see a uh, you know pictures of it a little bit if they go to our website bloominthedesert.org. We we had talked the other day, kind of leading up to the show, and you were sharing a story with me on your passion about being around people and having the opportunity to touch them, not only spiritually, but also, you know, hugging and, and being engaged with people. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your feelings about, you know, COVID and, and how it's kind of changed the way you preach. Well, it is, <clears throat> it is uh, you know, the, 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 the vision that I had for starting this ministry was being in the desert in my clergy robes and hugging people. Um, and, and that's something that we've been doing. The very first time we appeared at the Palm Springs Pride Festival, we had a tent and we gave away free hugs. And, you know, we're giving around two to 3,000 free hugs a weekend. Um, and and so that was really important. And it's really great to be able to be in a room with people when you're talking and when you're doing liturgy. One of the most wonderful things I used to experience was after greeting people after service, being able to walk into our hospitality area and see all the hubbub and the people and greet the people and be with them. And that really made you feel like you were, you know, being in ministry and doing something and affecting people's lives for the good and people were growing and, and feeling well cared for. Um, that's harder to do in the COVID era because as everybody knows, we're separated from one another and, 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 you know, it, it, we never closed as a church. We just went online. And while it's wonderful to be able to see each other through zoom meetings 
know, we have the annual meeting of our church coming up this Sunday, and it, it will be, uh, you know, entirely Zoom instead of, you know, 50, 60 people around tables. Um, it is it is just that's a way that we gain energy from one another. Yeah, and I, it, especially here in the desert, you know, people live in gated communities, and we have a lot of seniors, you know, not being able to have that personal interaction, it, it sometimes it makes people retract back. How how do you talk to your congregation to get them to kind of come out a little bit, even though it's virtually? Well, we're you know we in, we encourage people to participate as best they can. We encourage people to. I I always say if you think of somebody, call somebody. Um, And we encourage people to stay in touch. We do have a Facebook presence and a, you know, dedicated Facebook page uh, that people stay in touch with each other. Um, Every once in a while, we have a little something that happens that brings people together. We're going to try a little something coming up soon where out in our parking lot in front of our office, we're just going to see about having a coffee time, Um, you know, like from 830 to 930, one weekday morning and seeing, you know, people can come in their cars and, you know, we can chat. We've had a couple of times when we've gathered and done caravans to take food over to uh, the uh, Desert Pride Center um, food bank. And, boy, you know, we we circle up in our parking lot and then do a caravan over there with 15, 20 cars, and everybody just gets so excited about seeing each other. So it's, it's really good to connect. And many times there are people who are single, and it's good to be with other people. And and some people have told us, like, when we are back together, that when we're in the hospitality time, that Sunday morning is, is the main time they connect with other people during the week. So we want to get back to being able to facilitate that. And we know it's going to be a couple more months at least, but we sure look forward to that. And I think I shared that with you as well. You know, I go, uh, I've been to your services before. Uh, on a regular basis, I go to St. Paul's Episcopalian Church, and sure. during this whole time, it's been really difficult because sometimes you just need that spirituality to fill you up. And and I know one of the things that's important to your congregation when you are in person is you also have a lot of people come and sing music, and you have different instrumentalists right. come in. Tell us about how music kind of feeds your ministries? Well, the old adage is that if you sing once, you pray twice. And so it is really, you know, important. Um, music is something that uses both sides of the brain at once. And so it's, uh, it, it is better for you uh, physiologically than um, a lot of other kinds of, uh, uh, you know, ways to comfort yourself can be. Um, music is, you know, is is really important. It also is a way for us to express our faith. It's a way for us to learn about our faith, our faith heritage, and about you know our beliefs. It's a way that we can share with others in interfaith situations. For example, the Tezei tradition. There are some ways in which that uh, is able to uh, um, uh, transition uh, in interfaith between Jewish and and Christian, uh, uh, you know, concepts. So all of these aspects are good, and it's it's just very good. You know, a choir is is a wonderful thing for a congregation. We're really blessed to have um, Ken Forney as our music director, and yeah, he's he was terrific. Doing such a great 
job. Yeah, he's terrific and doing such a great job bringing our choir, which is called Bloom Tones, together. And then, um, you know, COVID hit. And so uh, we got kind of derailed, but uh, we, we continue to keep live music in our worship service on Sunday, almost every Sunday. Uh, certainly with, um, and, and, and we have put together what's called the Bloom Tones Trio. And uh, Ken and the trio uh, bring our service music and sing our hymns, but people are at home, you know, singing their hearts out around their own kitchen table. Um, and, and so it's as, as they follow along in the service. So, you know, music is really, really important. Just the whole book of Psalms, you know, is at times thought to be a psalm, uh, you know, a song book. The very first book published in the colonial United States was uh, the Bay, the Bay, um, the the Bay Psalter uh, in Massachusetts, and uh, it was book of Psalms for singing in congregational church. Wow, you're just a wealth of information. Well, yeah, I'm old, <laughs> and I just blurt it out, and you know, so who knows what's going to come? Is it, 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 I'm, not, I'm trying not to be a fire hose, but uh, <laughs> we're talking. The question. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Kevin A. Johnson. He is uh, the founder of Bloom in the Desert Ministries. When we come back, we're going to talk about the 12th annual Spring Fling called Blooming Together. And speaking of music, Miss Keisha D is going to be getting an award. If you want more information, go to bloominthedesert.org. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. We are talking with Reverend Dr. Kevin A. Johnson. Question for you. He's with Bloom in the Desert Ministries. Why is the Reverend come before Doctor? <laughs> you know, I just had to explain that to my sister this morning. Um, the reverend or reverend is a, is an adjective doctor is, is an academic title. And so it's an adjective and, and the reverend is describing someone who is ordained in certain traditions, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it is, um, it's the adjective first, the title second, and then the name. What do you have your doctor degree in? Uh, it's a doctor of ministry, uh, degree and it's, uh, the professional degree in, you know, in my field. Uh, my um, area of focus was welcome, and uh, my dissertation uh, was uh, pro- my dissertation project was the development of a website, uh, gaypastorwelcome.com, gaypastorwelcome.com, and it consists of uh, um, almost 200 video clips taken from 12 interviews of um, out gay male pastors who were the first time in a non-gay church, you know, the first time they hired a, a, an out gay pastor to hopefully break down some of the barriers that uh, keep people from getting hired. Boy, it, that's a tough one. Know, yeah, it is. And we, you know, I learned a lot from talking to these 12 different people and creating these um, uh, and, and learned a lot 
doing research uh, about the whole concept. It really was kind of groundbreaking. Um, and, you know, the deal about it is it, the concepts that are in there can be used with the first time a congregation hires a woman, the first time the congregation, whether, you know, straight or, straight or lesbian, uh, it can be the first time the congregation hires a trans person as their pastor. Some of those things um, transition between, you know, the various concepts but or the various contexts. But the thing is, is that I had to stay academically limited to the one topic. And so that's why it was, um, you know, out gay, ordained out gay men going to a church that is a non-designated LGBT church um, for the first time. Well, so you have this great event coming up. It's your 12th annual Spring Fling, and this year your title is Blooming Together. That's coming up Friday, March 5th at 6.30. Tell us about what you got going on. Well, I think the title is uh, speaking well for it in that folks were saying as we were you know, preparing for this and, to be honest, trying to figure out how to do it, um, that we just want to get people together again. And so that's how Blooming Together became the theme. In other years, we've had musical themes and historical themes, but Blooming Together was uh, getting folks together. It's, uh, you know, an online gala uh, that is um, uh, going to present music, our uh, two featured awards that Bloom uh, has created in the Coachella Valley, one being the Community Justice Award and the other being a Compassion Awareness Award. And these are given to people who are recognized for their great work in a particular area. And we wanted to um, be sure and highlight justice because um, that's an important factor. And this this year, you know, trying to we're trying to promote the idea that people work for justice in the Coachella Valley. And how topical um, is that right now is you know, impeachment <laughs> trials are going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, we're grateful. And, and it really starts at the community level. It does start at the community level, and people learning about even that concept, um, you know, that uh, uh, justice is... Many times we give people awards because they're, um, you know, they are really serving the community beautifully with some sort of, you know, benevolence. Um, but at times, like the and, and, and say, for example, um, uh, a particular uh, aspect of helping people do something through financial donations or something. But in reality, you, you aren't dealing with the issues that um, are creating the need in the first place. And so that's the justice matter. Um, we have in the past, the award has been for like L- LGBT youth justice, uh, environmental justice immigrant rights justice, peace, uh, and, and, and justice work in the Valley, marriage equality, uh, um, um, and, and those have been the recipients. This year, Keisha D. is the recipient of the Community Justice Award because I'm not sure people know, she is the sponsor of a music scholarship in the uh, Palm Springs Unified School District Foundation that supports Coachella Valley graduates, high school graduates, that have been received to the major music schools but can't afford to go. Basically, you know, they, they're, they're talented enough to go to Juilliard, but they can't afford it. So Yeah, you're talking a, about probably yeah. 40000 a year. Yeah, exactly. So, it, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure she's not 
uh, let's just say this is bringing recognition to that need. And right. it is um, a, a matter of justice that these very deserving uh, youth are not able to go to these places because they can't afford it from the Coachella Valley. Uh, we're running out of time here, but can you stick around for a couple minutes and we'll we'll finish out what we're talking about with the Blooming Together event? That'll be great. Thank you. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Kevin A. Johnson. He's with Bloom in the Desert Ministries. When we come back, we'll, we'll give you all the details on how you can buy tickets, how you can get involved, and all of their amazing raffle and silent auction items. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Live from Palm Springs, the Desert City's A to Z on LGBTQ. This is the Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Welcome back. We asked Reverend Johnson to stick around for a minute so we could get all the details for Bloom in the Desert's 12th Annual Spring Fling, Blooming Together. So you've got Keisha D getting the Justice Award. Have you, have, have you announced the uh, Compassion Appreciation Award yet? Um, we have not announced that yet. Um, we, we're, we're saving a little bit uh, for the event. Um, so that, that's that. We have uh, the, the entertainment uh, that for, the, for the event is uh, Music Theater uh, University. Uh, you know, the, uh, the students that are learning about uh, doing um, Broadway productions and so forth. We have two 10-minute segments of them providing the entertainment. We'll be, um, you know, having a... a Mocktail hour from 6.30 to 7 when people sign on and uh, sign, uh, sign up for the silent auction bidding and raffle ticket sales. And then the program is Musical Theater University, uh, the presentation of the awards and uh, raffle sales and uh, silent auction bidding uh, goes from 7 to 8.15. We're, you know, we're trying to do something uh, springtime and something can, uh, uh, new and different for the silent auction. And so uh, people are putting together Easter baskets. And uh, these baskets are multi-themed. And uh, I, I, I've seen one that's, you know, a couple of them are for dog lovers and jigsaw puzzle lovers. And uh, um, one's a man, men's bath. Uh, all Everything you would want for a wonderful men's bath spa kind of um, evening or week or, you know, however you want to do so, that. These, these All kinds baskets, of great stuff. Uh, uh, great stuff. And, and they'll be, of, um, you'll be able to see those and bid on those. And all of this uh, starts out by going to bloominthedesert.org. So the event uh, is reg- free, but you're willing yep. to have donations of every size, $35 and up. You can buy additional raffle tickets. Um, it's yep. going to be a great event. Again, it's Friday, March 5th. It starts at 630, and the website is bloominthedesert.org. Thanks for coming on the show today, Reverend. It's wonderful to be with you, Jeff. Thank you very much. We'll have you back, and we'll talk about things you're doing for the summer months and into next fall. Sounds great. All Thanks. right, see you soon. 
Our next guest, who's been patiently waiting in the queue, is one of our long-term friends, Ron DeHart. He is the president and executive producer for All Things Pride, which includes Harvey Milk Diversity Breakfast and other things. He's also the chair of the Human Rights Commission. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Why don't, why don't we start off talking a little bit about Pride? Um, you know, last year you did things uh, more virtual. You did have some some things that you were really creative with. Um, and then and then we'll get into the Human Rights Commission and all your awards that you did recently. Yeah, well, last year, you know, was just a very different year for prides around the globe. And uh, many, many of the prides and, uh, you know, uh, had to cancel altogether and they didn't have anything for their communities. And fortunately, Palm Springs, we were able to do some virtual activity. And, uh, you know, the uh, some of that activity we're debating on continuing even when we're able to do some in-person activity because the participation was such a surprise that we had so many people being able to participate when it was online. So we're, we're giving some thought and consideration to, to continuing to do some things like repeating the parades, uh, having encore presentations of past parades online so people can enjoy them. And uh, the other thing that was really big this year was the flag raising. So normally we don't get very many people attending the flag raising because it's really a media event. Yeah, uh, a lot of times it's we, me and you out there. Thousands <laughs> of people will be able to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting. And, and it was at the um, uh, Desert Regional Medical Center like it has been. Well, the other thing we did differently since it was virtual, we were able to incorporate multiple businesses and locations uh, in town. So we had a raising at 849. We had the flag unfurling at Desert Regional like we've done uh, for a good number of years. And for the uh, another flag unfurling at the Hyatt downtown. Uh, but the big thing was uh, for the very first time, we were able to raise the rainbow flag at City Hall in Palm Springs. And we didn't just raise it. We took it 195 feet in the air. And it was quite it was quite a statement and, and quite a, a incredible, beautiful visual uh, you know, that uh, raising the flag at City Hall. So that's something that we may think about doing again for next year. Yeah, I think that symbol is is really touches people in a way that Nothing else does. I mean, and to be able to be the official flag for that time period when it's being raised over City Hall is significant because it becomes public record. Yeah, ma'am. And, and it, 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 like you said, it is it is so meaningful in many different ways, and and you know, to to everybody, it means something different. Um, but to you know, our community, to our youth that are struggling with uh, their identity right now, uh, to see that kind of a symbol at City Hall that says, you know, you belong, you're welcome. You know, there's many of us just like you. Uh, they just it just makes a huge difference when when um, you know we're able to to make that kind of a statement in the community or any community across the country. Well, and talk about your efforts that you have reached out into the school districts and not only have brought the youth into the Pride organization, but also as it relates to the Harvey Milk Diversity Breakfast. 
Well, one of the, we're really committed to uh, empowering youth, and and that's uh, been one of our driving uh, fundamental values for uh, many years at Palm Springs Pride, and uh, we've we've gotten behind. Uh, helping youth. And the first way we got behind it was in 2010, 2011. The LGBT youth didn't have a place for their prom. So a couple of the students from La Quinta came and talked with me and, and uh, we quickly, I just quickly put some calls out to, to other great partners in the community. And overnight, we all, virtually overnight, uh, we were able to get the students in uh, Coachella Valley, the, the best prom in Coachella Valley at uh, uh, the art museum with eight um, Lulu at the time catering. Uh, it was just an incredible event, and it's continued to be an incredible event. With uh, generally about 500 students have the opportunity to go to the prom with the person they want to go to the prom, and and not be hassled uh, to go in and, and just walk into this space with 500 people just like them and adults that are there that are supportive and our entertainer community, uh, Bella DeBall, Marina Mack, they're, they're always there uh, supporting our youth, and uh, that's a big thing. Uh, so we, we, we've, we've been behind youth for a long time, and, and that, well, the next step there was to how can we start raising money and how can we continue to help uh, youth in schools across the valley. Um, we started uh, in 2011. There was 12 GSA Gay Straight Alliance clubs in the Coachella Valley, and uh, since then, uh, we've been supporting and working very closely with Safe Schools Desert City. And now there's 55 GSA clubs uh, across the valley in the high desert, and um, it just is remarkable to see that there's been such an impact in. Uh, uh, one of the ways that we help the GSAs is uh, we provide funding so the local club can uh, you know have access to funds to do whatever they need to do if they're going to go on a field trip or they need to um, uh, they they want to do something special for their club on campus they want to uh, do special things during rush week whatever it may be uh, they they get discretionary funding from um, the Harvey Milk Diversity Breakfast where we've earmarked funds raised from that breakfast to go and support our LGBTQ uh, youth initiatives, um, you know, here in the Valley. So uh, we've made a, a big difference uh, for these students over the, the last handful of years. And of course, with COVID, it has been uh, challenging and it will continue to be challenging this year through the rest of the school year. But we're, uh, we're, we're, we're looking down the road and it's, there's going to be a good, strong return for uh, our support for students uh, in the Valley and, and with the Harvey Milk Diversity Breakfast, being able to, to get back in gear and, and help raise funds to really make a difference with those students. Well, and kudos to all the straight allies. I mean, working with safe schools is key because they actually go and they talk to the principals, they talk to the GSA administrators and make sure that they really understand that we're not there to promote LGBT or homosexual activity. It's about supporting the kids who are identifying and, you know, being there to be their rock when they're going through probably some of the most difficult periods of their life. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, and and there's a, there's a lot of instances for assistance like that. Um, you know, we 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 forget that we're in a bubble in the city of Palm Springs. Uh, the further we go outside the bubble, the more challenges that exist the, in the more conservative areas throughout the valley, and our youth are impacted uh, just as we were growing up, and in many of the same ways. It's just as prevalent today as it was, um, you know, when when your listeners were 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 young and in school. Um, so it's there's a lot of challenges out there. We're going to do what we can to help. The website to go to is pspride.org, and from there you can find out all the different activities that the Pride organization is involved with. Uh, we're talking with Ron DeHart. He is the president of the Palms, Greater Palm Springs Pride Organization, and also you are the chair of the Human Rights Commission. So give us an idea on what the commission does and how it impacts our community. Well, the the commission was uh, it, it really it started um, in, 28 years ago, uh, and uh, Ron Odin was uh, was the the person who really led a blue ribbon task force 28 years ago to establish uh, the Human Rights Commission, which uh, really is is a focused entity and body to uh, ensure human rights are being met and and um, within the city, uh, city government itself, and to bring our community together uh, to address issues uh, that may be uh, important to them from a human rights standpoint. And a uh, key, key thing is to create, uh, provide educational programming uh, for the community to assist in mediation when there may be issues or disagreements within the community, um, but uh, to really uh, be there for the city of Palm Springs uh, to promote the respect and the rights and dignity for everybody that lives in Palm Springs. You currently, it looks like from the city website, you have six different people on your commission right now, and then you also have a student representative. So, uh, yeah, the Human Rights Commission was the very first commission uh, years ago to establish a, a permanent seat for youth representation uh, on the commission. And we continue today uh, to have youth representation. And uh, we're really proud that last year the city council uh, instituted a policy that uh, student uh, representation uh, would be included uh, I think in just about all commissions with the city. So, Ron, uh, that's exciting to see that the youth voice hey, Ron, uh, in the community can be heard. Ron, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. We're talking with Ron DeHart, and we'll talk about the Human Rights Commission when we come back. You're listening to the Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. We were in conversation with Ron DeHart, and before the break, you were talking about the importance of student representation on the Human Rights Commission. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're proud to see that the city has implemented a, a policy to have students representing uh, that youth voice 
uh, in all our commissions in Palm Springs. So uh, we're excited about that. And, and we try to have two students, two youth uh, students serving uh, on the commission. And, and, you know, if there's any students listening or parents who've got a, a student at home, as long as they're going to school in the city of Palm Springs, they are qualified to serve on the commission. And they can go to our, the website, the city website, the human rights page, and it's a self-nomination process. So they can self-nominate themselves, and uh, they submit the application, and, and we learn a little bit about them. And, and currently we do have one, one spot open uh, for a student, and, and it could be middle school to senior in high school. So we, we encourage anybody who's interested to look into that, and we welcome uh, youth in our community to be a part of the process. The website is palmspringca.gov, and then you look for the Human Rights Commission. There's a pop-down menu that says commissions. Now, you just recently gave away some really prominent awards to these incredible leaders here in the Valley. Can you give us an idea of some of the community service awards you gave out? Yeah, so we the commission's been giving awards out. Uh, I think this is the twentieth year, uh, you know, for this uh, the award presentation for the city of Palm Springs, and um, you know, we we this year it was really an incredible and a diverse group of folks within the community that are that are making a difference in many different ways, like the young three the three young leaders that uh, led the or do lead the Young Justice Advocates of the Desert organization. Uh, these young teenagers were the ones that got behind uh, the rallies in June after the George Floyd murder. Uh, they've continued to uh, elevate their voice and create unity uh, within the community and to raise awareness for social justice uh, issues. Um, so we were really proud of the work that they're doing and encourage them to continue uh, that work. That was Ariely uh, Galvez, Hina Malik, and Jazalina Morgan. Uh, and then, uh, you know, another person that people don't normally think of human rights when they think of open space and, um, you know, urban, urban development and what happens to those natural and cultural resources when a, within a community. And Jane Garrison led a fight to raise uh, $8 million to save the Oswet Canyon and uh, to really create a protective space for our bighorn sheep and create a protective space right here in our own backyard, which not only is going to save the, the bighorn sheep, uh, but it does create open space that's accessible for all residents in, in Palm Springs. And when you have that type of an environment, that uh, lends itself to um, uh, creating a healthy uh, healthy space for all, and, and that's a basic human right to be able to enjoy that. Well, and she, then, she was uh, really involved with the alluvial plain, too, wasn't she? Over well, by I, the tram? I don't know if she... I don't know that one. I know I know she got involved with Oswit, and, yeah. and she, there she's going to get involved in another one coming up here soon. Um, she shared that with us uh, during the awards program. 
another another great one um you know really uh for her superstar support of charities uh across the valley uh for 16 17 years is Keisha D uh so Keisha D was was recognized and and uh many don't know of her her philanthropy and and the, that she just gives so much of her time and talent to so many different organizations that those organizations do valuable work in the community and and Keisha herself is is raising money for her own foundation to support students that are interested in music and to, to help them and through the Keisha D Foundation so we were really excited to be able to recognize her and her work and then uh, another gentleman uh, the two other folks that we recognized were Lee Wilson of the American Legion locally who's behind the Fallen Heroes project and and these banners that we see hanging on the the street during uh, days of importance Veterans Day and Memorial Day of our soldiers who've been lost uh, in in acts of conflict where the United States is uh, has been throughout the world. So uh, he's recognized for his work in, in honoring those memories, or the memory of the service members uh, here in Palm Springs. David Powell was recognized uh, for volunteerism and uh, really pitching in and helping out with many different organizations beyond the organization that he's he works with, uh, the Desert Business Association. And then Find Food Bank. You know, there's there's a guideline with the commission uh, that the rewards are only presented one time uh, to any entity, and in 20 years, uh, the awards have only been presented, uh, to, you know, individually to you know once. Fine Food Bank was the exception. Uh, they were rec- this is the second time that they've been recognized. They were recognized about 11 years ago, but this year they were recognized because they truly they've been the leader and they've helped bring. Cl- you know, the collaborative spirit to the table to address the food insecurity issue here in Palm Springs. And they've gone from serving uh, 90,000 people a month to 190,000 people a month uh, with with very important food boxes. Uh, just about every single week, food's being distributed to folks uh, here in the Valley. And, 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 and that just means so much more during this time of COVID when so many people are just impacted so financially at home and and the hardships are just incredible so uh, they they were recognized for making a huge difference in the lives of many people uh, here in the valley yeah and Debbie Espinoza over there is such a a leader and a motivator for everybody here in the community yeah yeah it was so it was it was it was nice and it was fitting that uh, that they were recognized once again uh, because of their important work. If you want more information about the Human Rights Commission, again, the city's website is palmspringca.gov, and then you just go to the commission's pop-down menu and you'll find the Human Rights Commission. Um, any final words on things that are going to be happening with Pride? You know, we're... Um it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I hope uh, we so. think that many prides <laughs> across the country 
not happen again uh, because they happen April, May, June. Um, but uh, we're preparing now that uh, with the hope that the state will lift the guidance and we will be uh, able to gather uh, in person and that people will feel comfortable to gather in person come November, that first week in November. So yeah. we're preparing for our traditional uh, Pride Week. Uh, November 1st through 7th, and uh, that preparation just means, you know, we we will be ready to pull the plug at a moment's notice if the state uh, does uh, not allow it, yep. or if it's not safe. We certainly don't want to go forward if it's not safe, but um, and, yeah, there's a And Ron, we're going to get cut off. For, and for all the updates on what's going on with the Pride Organization, go to PSPride.org. Thanks for coming on the show today, Ron. I appreciate it. You've been listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Make sure you check out iHubRadio.com.